0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. I have discovered something fairly delightful. Oh, about the Ramones? Yeah. Okay. Tommy
1: Ramone definitely had a penchant for wearing crop tops. I thought the same thing when I was trying to post on social media about (laughs) last week's episode. I was like, wow, dude really likes his crop top. Tommy Ramone? Loved his crop tops. I mean, good he for him. He was their Euronymous. He he was the Euronymous. Oh, but he wasn't. Like, <laughs> Dee was the real Euronymous. So which <laughs> one was dead? Probably all, Johnny. All of them. Uh, oh, gosh. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Welcome wow. to Rock Candy Podcast, your weekly podcast where I make terrible jokes about dead people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> But also, like, impressive and true. That was completely <laughs> made up on the spot. I'm great at
0: improv. Guys, we I'm should join the, what is it, the Upright Citizens Brigade? I would get kicked Burgard. out. Burgard. <laughs> I would get kicked out. First of all, I get kicked so out because I refuse quick. to
1: say the name properly. <laughs> You wouldn't even be let in in the first place. Like, she can't even say it right. (laughs) brr You'd just get up on stage and just go, (sighs) brr and and laugh yourself off the stage. (laughs) I'll see myself out. Sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) Oh, and we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And welcome back, if you came back, for part two of The Ramones. Yeah.
1: We're we're zero days without heroin. Oh, we will right continue
0: now? to be at zero days without heroin. Okay.
1: You I know. don't
0: know what you're going to be talking about in two weeks, <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to be continuation of heroin, we'll less see. heroin. We'll find out. But <laughs> more at this... heroin, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we will figure it out. No, there's way more heroin in this episode. There's always more heroin. I'm definitely going to go deeper into heroin today.
1: <sighs> Fine, if we have to. So
0: get excited for that. It's good times,
1: guys. Good times. That's great. Which What are you drinking this week? Um, the usual cider. I only have so much to pick from. I'm going to repeat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait, but did you drink this one on the podcast already? I don't know. Was it 1991? <laughs> 1911? That's it. <laughs> you dyslexic I fuck. O- <laughs> I always forget what year. Like I know it's 19-something. I'm like 1919. <laughs> 1991. We should just
1: go through the years. And I should dress accordingly. It's a song really through the years. <laughs> We're drinking lots of cider. That's exactly how it goes.
0: I'm really good at making up lyrics, guys. I should have just gone into songwriting. I know. No. You're the
1: one who wrote all of the songs for Boston and Foreigner and hot blooded <laughs> and stick check it and see <laughs> and bad company bad
0: company <laughs> by bad company <laughs> on the album bad company brilliant
1: guys put that out get that to the presses print brilliant print nobody will forget your name
0: just in case they were confused. <laughs> and then Paul Rogers, that's the the singer, right? And then he'll join. Well then and he'll join Queen after Freddie Mercury dies and everybody'll be like, mm,
1: could you not though? But no. <laughs> mm, but yeah, no. Mm. And then Adam Lambert comes along and they're like, but not him. I'm like, can you guys just not? Just stop. <laughs> you know what? Freddie's you know, rest his
0: soul, rest and rock, whatever you want to do, rock in peace. But like,
1: man. Just leave it alone, but maybe not.
0: But maybe not,
1: yeah. But what are you drinking?
0: Yes, well, I our Patreon fan, fan friends, our Patreon <laughs> friends, could be friend, uh, should know about this because I drank this a couple episodes ago or maybe even last month. But I am kind of doing a repeat in a way, too, I guess. Oh, I didn't do that. I'm supposed to turn this twice slowly to mix. I didn't do that. I'm gonna have fun setting at the bottom, anyway. Um. It is from, I think, my new favorite brewery, and this this might, this might is a contender for number one this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: from Japas Brewery, uh, Shukurimu, which is a New England IPA with matcha and vanilla. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Maggie, you hate IPAs, and I do. However, this does not taste at all like an IPA, and it's probably because and of And that's the a good thing. Oh, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. <laughs> it tastes like I am, like, relaxing on a... Cool fall evening in Japan, looking yeah. over the hot
1: springs. Which is interesting because the brewery is in Brazil. Yes, also all run by female brewers. All
0: run by female brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Filipino and Brazilian or Japan Japanese and Brazilian. I
1: believe it's Japan. They're Japanese and Brazilian.
0: But yeah, like highly suggesting checking them out. Um, if you go on the Taproom website, it's Taproom. Taproom
1: t-a-p-r-m so, yes
0: yeah you will uh they have a wide selection i really want to try their kawaii which is just basically like a cute fruit vomiting on the can <laughs> yeah
1: and they also have another one called sawa which mm. is a yuzu sour beer and it is fucking mm. delicious i mean honestly uh
0: i have yet like i even have this pilsner that i'm gonna drink later the matsurika and that's really good too like they are making cla- beers that I think we would classically not like. And I'm like, nah, this shit's but delicious. They're good. And all, again, all female run and like people of color. So fucking support them.
1: Yeah, they're great.
0: Get on them, motherfuckers. <laughs> but yeah, so I am I am quite content with my beer of choice for the
1: evening. And you've got your cider. We're good. Tom Tom is not having that beer anymore. It's really not. <laughs> Sadly. But I mean, I would gladly poison myself for some oh. of their beer. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You've done it before. You'll do I it have. again. I will do it again. Right? Anyway. I just can't help myself. Yeah, just can't get enough.
0: Let's let's get on
1: this. Thank you. God
0: damn it. I love that
1: song. It's so fucking catchy. God, God. damn it. Yes. Okay, anyway, get 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 on with it, please. <laughs> let's get on it. Oh, come Jump on. on it.
0: I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a little jukebox. <laughs> All right. Yes. So let us continue with the story. When we last left, these lovable scamps, they were trying their best to make a name for themselves with a debut album and an accompanying tour. They were having a tough go of it, though. Outside of New York City, most people hadn't heard of them. Even though their album received glowing reviews from critics, Radio Play just wasn't happening. Some of their songs have questionable themes, like Nazi imagery in the song Today Your Love, Tomorrow The World. Yeah. <laughs> Sire Records exec Seymour Stein asked the boys to keep the song off the record, but they said it's just in jest. I mean, two of the Ramones are Jewish, and they thought the lyrics, for example, I'm a Nazi Shotzi," were just funny and dumb. But also, Seymour Stein just sounds like a fake name. He that, not- yeah, that guy can't be real. He's oh I mean like he probably is just a figment of all of our imaginations. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, one hundred percent. I also picture him being like very much a, a Jewish stereotype, like a more Goldman character.
0: <laughs> and Aww. I know that's
1: so not right. Yeah. But that's I mean, what that's the image.
0: I have no idea. I didn't do too much digging into Seymour yeah. Stein. Just like a just like a little, little surface check there. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, in retrospect, later, the boys were like, we were just being dumb kids. And I guess that was a little insensitive. That's what
1: you do when you're a dumb kid. I mean, I've done some questionable shit when I was a dumb kid.
0: Again, really happy that we didn't have the Internet the way we did when we were in high school. Very lucky. I
1: am very happy that those moments when I was a fucking idiot never ended up on the Internet.
0: And I still have moments where I'm an idiot and they end up on the Internet. And now I'm just like, I will apologize. I was wrong. Yeah. I am more than happy to say I'm wrong. It's fine. Yeah. You can tell me. Overall, I'd say their songs mixed with the image of a bunch of scrappy kids from Queens. just It wasn't appealing to the general public because they were all too busy vibing on Prague rock and disco. Oh, fucking they're doing the hustle. However, they were about to get themselves a nice dose of vindication over in London, on a two-night stint in 1976 on July 4th and 5th. Yes, they spent the American bicentennial in England showing the punks across the pond how to do it. Honestly,
1: I I kind of would, too. Right? They Montel Jordan the shit out of them. (laughs) Yes, and they hopped on a bunk bed across the pond into England. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yep. Step Brothers.
0: Yeah, Aww. Get
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> the Ramones had
0: no idea that they were that they already had a following in the UK punk scene. What probably helped was the fact that Seymour and Linda had a home in London and a lot of connections in the music scene. So word got out and the disillusioned youth of England took to those songs with ease. Because don't forget, England fucking sucked in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it did. This band was selling 300 records a day in the UK, which was considered 15 times the rate they were in the States. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. Yikes.
0: Yeah. They were way bigger in the UK. They had many fans excited to be in their presence. Most notably, had to be The Clash and The Sex Pistols, though.
1: Oh. Funny. But but I thought punk started in England. It didn't. Mm. 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 Well... Put her foot down. I will. I will let you know when it's time for that talk. <laughs> okay.
0: Because it's going to happen in this episode. Oh, yes, it is. But I'll let you know when it's happening. All right. Got wait a little. <laughs> but it was actually kind of a funny story because the two British punk bands wanted to meet the Ramones to talk shop and just hang out. Because they were like, oh, man, we're all music guys. Yeah. Punks, yeah. While the boys were getting ready for their gig backstage, they heard rocks being thrown at the window. Johnny stuck his head out to see some of the Clash and the Pistols below, telling him who they were and that they wanted to get in.
1: Hey, guy you you guys want to come I, and play? I we like to come <laughs> up and hang out with you. Aye, oi, I'm British, I'm in the Clash, I'm Joe Strummer. <laughs> that is exactly how he talks. That's exactly how he talks, guys. Oi, I'm Johnny Rotten. Oh, that is how he talks. That is, and it's really awful. <laughs> Because Johnny Rotten's kind of (laughs) awful. It's in the name. No false advertising there. I told you. We'll get there. Okay.
0: So, ever resourceful, the bands formed something like a human chain and got the guys into the building
1: through the window. That seems completely unnecessary, but But also kind of
0: fun. Right? Very, Very logical to them. Actually, it was later discovered that Johnny Rotten, from, you know, Tough Boy Sex Pistols, was afraid of the, Maro- the Ramones, and he asked their Good. friend Arturo if he went in to meet him, meet them, would they beat him up? Have you have you seen
1: the Ramones? They, everyone was scared of them. They they're thought they literal, were in a gang because they, they, they wore are, leather jackets and had the same name, so they, they're clearly in a gang. They are literal walking sticks. They are string beans. I mean, you can you can easily see Tommy's torso with those crop tops. He he's, he's defenseless. They were like, oh, those abs. Yeah, we're not going to fuck with these guys. They're going to beat the shit out of us. They might. Even though, is, isn't he like five foot four or yeah, something? Yeah, he's,
0: he's quite short. <laughs> he was like a whole foot shorter than yeah. to, uh, Johnny, I believe.
1: I think he must have thought like, well, I have these great abs, so I should show <laughs> those off and then, to intimidate people since I'm so short. There you go. He knew it was logical. Up. Yeah, he's a smart. Again, he's smart. Smart he cookie. was smart and
0: savvy. Joe Strummer of The Clash was telling Johnny how impressed he was at, with how well they were doing and expressed how nervous he himself was about performing live because The Clash were still kind of babies. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny basically told him, Oh, we're lousy. Just wait till you see us. We suck.
1: Because <laughs> oh. Johnny
0: Ramon, ever the optimist. So self deprecating. I know. The Ramones played for different reasons than the bands in the UK did, though. They weren't into the political messages. They were just more about, like, you know, like, goofy, mundane happenings in life. The boys were surprised at the levels of civil unrest in the music of UK punk. And all the Ramones wanted to do was, like, save music from becoming prog rock and disco. They didn't want to start a movement. So it's really interesting to see the difference in how the Ramones approached punk rock compared to how Britain approach punk rock, so I think that's where a lot of the, um, I don't know how you would say it. I guess like the di- the different dichotomies come from, like people saying that punk really started in England, but it kind of really started in America. But like England and America were kind of all doing it for different reasons. Yeah,
1: I suppose the Ramones were doing it more for fun, right? Whereas, in a sense of community, yeah. Whereas, um, those in the UK were doing it because. They had a very important message to get across, and they needed to do it loud and fast right. and in a short amount of time, right. but also get everybody like riled up.
0: Yeah. Everybody wanted to get everybody riled up, but it was just riled up for different reasons. For
1: different reasons.
0: But no matter what, the Brits were picking up what they were putting down, and they had two nights of really successful shows, even grabbing the attention of other famous musicians like Chrissy Hine, Pre-Pretenders, and Mark Bolin of T-Rex. Oh, they both went to the shows and, like, nah, I fucking love the Ramones. Needless to say, it wasn't easy to come back to the States where they were struggling for notoriety. But, at the very least, it gave them a self esteem boost, telling them, yeah, you're right. You're as good as you think you are and you are capable of great things. Mm-hmm. Let's just get the U.S. to see that. <laughs> With that, they were ready to give it another go that fall. They spent October 76 recording their sophomore effort, Leave Home. A reference to how they were leaving New York City to tour around the world. No. This time, songs were written by the band members in their own homes instead of in rehearsals or in the studio. It took a little longer to create and involved Tommy producing again, as well as bringing on another producer with a man named Tony Bongiovi. And yes, that name should sound familiar.
1: Tony Bongiovi. He is. John
0: Bon Jovi's cousin. Yes.
1: <laughs> but I didn't realize that John Bon Jovi's real name is Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so dumb. I suppose it makes sense because who really wants to go around saying, yeah, I really like that Bon Jovi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he doesn't want people asking him about the Gabagool.
1: <laughs> True. There's only so many times you can get asked about Gabagool. And the Brajut before you're just and the like, before you're just like can I just play my songs for you?
0: But then for some reason Bon Jovi makes him seem more like um, what's that terrible T-shirt like the Ron Surf Shop shirts? Oh, the, yeah, the yeah
1: I it know reminds what you're talking
0: me of that. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of.
1: Yeah, so. I keep wanting to say Ron Paul, and that's not right. <laughs> No, that's not it's right. the Rand Paul surf. It's shop. the Rand Paul surf. Shop. He wishes he was that cool. Oh God! He, yeah, he wishes does. he was walking down Daytona, the main strip on Daytona Boulevard, <laughs> in his flip flops and Hawaiian Don Ron John surf shop shirt.
0: <laughs> Don Ron John Don Ron John. Bon Jovi. <laughs> Don Ron John Bon Jovi. Well, if I, the next time I get a pet, you know I'm naming it Don Ron John Bon Jovi. You have to. Bon Jovi. Oh His real name, okay? His full Respect name. Respect the real name. Guys, he's mature. <laughs> the overall engineering and mixing of the album was much higher quality than their debut. And while no one thought it was breaking down any barriers with something amazingly new, it still received a lot of critical praise for improving on their first album. And yet, it still failed to move the general masses. This one only reached 148 in the Billboard charts. The Ramones even believed they had more radio-friendly hits on this one, but just no one was catching on. Mm -hmm. But this album does feature the song Pinhead, which is based off the horror movie Freaks.
1: The, oh and you know the movie freaks uh-huh.
0: right just for the listeners who might not know it was
1: like a 1930s movie it was very it was an older black and white movie about sideshow freaks yep. in a, a circus and doesn't wasn't there like a girl who like joins them for a little while like She marries something? one of
0: them and the yeah b- in, but i think like for nefarious reasons i've actually never seen it i'd like to
1: yeah i and heard I'm, it's
0: it's a great film
1: it's really good i don't remember it very well but i do remember the infamous scene when they're yes. all like descending upon this person that they're trying to capture or whatever and they're like one of us one, one of us, us. Yeah. Gooboo gobble, gooboo gobble. <laughs> yeah that's them that's yeah. that yeah
0: well yeah the band caught a showing of that movie one night they absolutely fell in love with it in the documentary End of the Century, when they're interviewing Joey Ramone sometimes, mm-hmm. he's clearly in one of his rooms in his home, mm-hmm. and it's just filled with Freak's paraphernalia. Really? Like, they fucking loved this movie.
1: And that so- makes sense also, because they really liked Coney Island, or at least Dee Dee really liked Coney Island a lot. <laughs> that checks <laughs> for so many reasons. Right? Oh, Dee 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 Ramone. <laughs> They were kind of a ragtag bunch of freaks, too. They, they so. really were. There was. They're a
0: fascinating group of human beings. Yeah. But the song Pinhead included the lyrics, Gabba Gabba Hay, One of Us, One of Us, which most main realize it's another Ramonesism that a lot of people, so like Gabba Gabba Hay, yeah. and like, people hold up signs at concerts, and uh-huh. like, they had a chicken man at a show like <laughs> hold up the signs at Gabba Gabba Hay. But yeah, so that's all based on freaks. Okay, they are actually really big horror movie fans. Like
1: the this Ramones, makes sense. Yes,
0: totally makes sense. makes sense. The Ramones loved horror movies, and you can find many of their songs revolve around the subject of horror, like the song "I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement," <laughs> and you shouldn't, you should have never opened that door. It's all about just getting murdered by like a big psychologist. I don't want to go in
1: the basement. You should never open the door. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Like Pinhead, Google Cobbler. You know what? Yeah. They just don't want to do it. They don't. There's
0: there's a lot of things they don't want to do. And they're not afraid to say it, guys. You know, and that's really hashtag brave. (laughs) Yeah. So brave, so scary. (laughs) So scary, so brave. (laughs) Oh. Like I mentioned in the last episode, the songs were just really written from the viewpoint of the Ramones and their life experiences. From the dumbest to the most meaningful. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, Dee Dee would come up with some pretty candid songs from his life. Yeah, he had a shit life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is a really good point to talk about Dee Dee a little more in depth. Oh, yes, please. Because Dee Dee Ramone... Is a fascinating human. Mm, he seems like a character. For oh, sure. he is such a character. Okay, so many saw him as the cute one. You know, like he's oh, the wait, eye what? candy. Yeah, he was the eye he candy was of the, the band. Cute one. I want you to think about who's in the Ramones, <laughs> right? And he's the cute. One. He's the cute one. I mean, like oh, he's Lord. he's fine. He's okay. He's fine. He's fine. Sure. He looked a little young. Like, I don't know, it was something about his bone structure. I was in love with it, but that's fine. <laughs> not for me, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Mm-hmm. Also, Dee Dee was a hot mess. Yeah. I touched upon it a little last time, but guys, Dee Dee was a mess. He ran in some junkie crowds for sure, because, hey, game recognized game. Yeah. Right? He spent a lot of time hanging with a band called The Heartbreakers. Which was kind of a band full of drug addicts. Okay. And the Ramones were not the biggest fans of this dichotomy going on here. Especially Johnny, because he thought the Heartbreakers were all just trash. He's like, we do it, hang out with these these scumbags.
1: They're just trash. Johnny kind of thinks everything's scummy and trash, but like, I get it. This time he was right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because of the Heartbreakers, Dee Dee wrote this song, Chinese Rocks, to compete with Richard Hell, to write a song better than Lou Reed's heroin because they were like, we can write a better song about heroin because we're both on heroin.
1: Wait, to compete with Richard Hell because of- So Richard Lou- Hell,
0: okay, they heard Lou Reed's song heroin. And okay. Richard Hell was like, I can write a better song about heroin. And Dee
1: Dee's like, nah, I can write a better song this, about heroin. This is not the competition to enter yourself into. <laughs> First of all, uh, no. Second of all, What? <laughs> Number one, no. Number two, <laughs> what? Like, why? <laughs> Three, why? <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, that's. These are all very reasonable questions for us who mu- have never done heroin. These are
1: pretty much all the questions. <laughs> why are we thinking about heroin? I mean, I could ask how. I don't really want to know how. You know and, how. Um, um, I already know who. So yeah, we've covered all the bases here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, I just need a few answers.
0: <laughs> right. So they worked on some songs about heroin, Chinese rocks. Richard Hell gave Didi Dee Dee a couple lines, so Didi Dee Dee gave him a little credit for it. Okay. And so they kind of co-wrote Thanks, it, but it was Dick
1: Hell. <laughs> I mean, honestly, accurate. <laughs> it. He was a fucking dick. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. He no, was, Richard he was Hell not was, was not good a man. good man.
0: Anyway. When Dee had it, the Ramones are like, "Nah, we ain't doing a song about heroin, Dee Like, <laughs> sorry, Dee Dee, Dee Dee. We let you have Didi. that one about male prostitution on the first one, Dee Dee. But like, we're not letting you have the heroin song, but Dee but Dee Dee, <laughs> <laughs> honey, sweetie, baby,
1: no, no.
0: So Dee Dee gave it to her or heroin. <laughs> he did give it to heroin. <laughs> So Didi gave it to Richard and then the Heartbreakers ended up doing it. Okay. And it would end up being recorded by the Ramones later down the road. Okay. So
1: it, it this this will come back, the song. It does come back to haunt them. I mean it's actually not a bad song. It's a good song. Was it better than Dick Hill's song
0: about heroin? I don't know. I didn't bother listening to it. So I'm gonna <laughs> Why say Why would you? Yes. All right. Fair enough. However, probably even more of a bad influence was his then-girlfriend, Connie. Oh, no. With a name like Connie. With a name like Connie, you're going to need a heroin addiction. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh. I'm sorry,
1: Connies. You're lovely. I know... All the connies I know
0: are absolutely do- lovely. My
1: great aunt Connie was a fucking delightful yep. woman. Yep, and she lived until she was like ninety-eight because she didn't do heroin. Because she did not do heroin, and she swore by vitamin supplements well, and there you go. God. So, <laughs> I'm, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> I, I have none of those things, so yeah, guess I'm not living until ninety-eight. All it's right. fine. It's fine. But Connie was a junkie sex worker who
0: was very possessive over Dee And I just want you to know, for the record, no shade on the sex worker part. That's fine. Girl gotta make a living. But, like, the junkie part, I'm a little like, hey, maybe don't. But maybe not. They were constantly getting high on heroin and fighting, especially when female fans would try to throw themselves at Dee Dee. The rest of the band absolutely hated Connie. Good. Because she was just always starting some kind of shit. Every Time. Connie over here stuns some shit every fucking night. Again, Johnny's like, "What are you doing? There? She's trash! Look <laughs> at this piece of t- she's a Piece of trash! Why? Why do you bring trash around with you?" Yeah. Uh, actually, Johnny did consistently go on uh, Dee Dee to like piss him off because he'd be like, "What well, Connie's trash? What? What are you doing with this trash?" <laughs> it got to the point though where Mickey would have to spend shows trying to keep Connie from coming into the venue. And it would be so, like, hard for him because he's like, well, this is Dee Dee's
1: girlfriend, but also, like, girl gonna start some shit. God, there is a good reason why Connie and Courtney sound similar. She's mm. very Courtney Love right now. Mm. Mm. Courtney Love wishes she was Connie. I don't think Courtney Love was even as bad as Connie, honestly. No, actually, <laughs> no. No, I don't think so either.
0: Like, I don't even think, like, Nancy Spungen was as bad. Oh, God. Yeah. Because here's the deal. One time, Connie was told she was not allowed to accompany Dee Dee the next day when they would be going on a tour. Mm -hmm. So she took that night as a chance to try to cut off his thumb while he was sleeping so he couldn't play bass anymore. What? Yep. He was asleep and she's like, I'm going to cut off his thumb. Fortunately, he woke up (laughs) before she could do it. But also, like... Of all the fingers to cut off? Yeah, because you're I, gonna you can cut- still play bass without a thumb. <laughs> I mean, if he was doing the pick method, he would just have to learn to pluck instead. Yeah. If you're gonna go for a finger, go for the pointer. Yeah, it's
1: like seriously. Actually, no, you have
0: to go for the whole hand. I think.
1: <sighs> I mean, you could probably still play without a thumb, but yeah, he's not like holding strings down with his thumbs or anything. No. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Finally,
0: things ended pretty explosively between them. And as Connie left, Dee Dee shouted after her, Hey, glad to see you go. And soon after that, he worked with Joey on a song of the same name to kick off their sophomore album with. <laughs> so, appropriate. Yeah. They are inspired by their everyday experiences.
1: Yeah. I would love to see a Where Are They Now with Connie. Oh, connie died of a heroin overdose um, in the early yeah. 80s. Yeah, I figured that was probably the deal. <sighs> 0 days without heroin. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a commercial break real quick.
0: Okay. Yeah. I need a I need a minute. <laughs> hey listeners, how you doing? <laughs> but how you doing? How you doing? No, seriously, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Are things good in the bedroom? You can be honest with us. No, honestly, you can. Because, like, we've all been there. Yeah. Sometimes shit is rough. Or sometimes
1: you just want to, like, get real freaky with yourself. Or with someone else. Or and with multiple people. That's if, rad. And you, right now, can treat yourself on AdamandEve.com. What? Yeah. Tell me more. we have special things for you. What? What? You can go to the Adam and Eve website and you can get free stuff to spice up your bedroom.
0: Ooh. Even if we get stuff, we use it once and we're like, oh no, that wasn't right.
1: But that's okay because we have the deal of a lifetime. So you can try all that weird shit out. Yep. So you can walk your cute little butt on over to adamandeve.com mm-hmm. and grab yourself almost any one item for 50% off. Oh, that's cheap. But that's not all. Adam and Eve will load up on the free stuff. Yeah, <laughs> load. <laughs> Just use code CANDYPOD. That is C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not the band. No, but you will feel so alive you will. with this deal. When you use CANDYPOD at checkout, you get some special gifts. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for them. Yeah. Plus you get six free movies. Oh my god, movies? Movies. And they're free. Plus, you get that sweet free shipping. Oh my god, sweet, sweet free shipping. Because that shipping can be so expensive. No, it's and you don't can. want that. All right. Are you convinced? I'm pretty much convinced. Let's do this. Go to checkout at adamandeve.com. Use our special code candy pod and you get all them free gifts and that free shipping so go to adamandeve.com and put candy in your pod
0: no don't that's not where that goes nope
1: but do it but i mean but like, just let's... get the free stuff yeah and we back
0: hello hi now we're in the summer
1: of 77 and it's a hot one Rob Thomas was not around yet. I mean, he was alive.
0: Yeah. But he wasn't around, you're right. At this point, the Ramones had to replace one of their songs off Leave Home due to some controversy. Mm -hmm. The song Carbona Not Glue was removed due to the fact that Carbona is a name brand product. And uh, (laughs) one could assume there are a few reasons they wouldn't want their song, like their name on that song. Because it was basically... About sniffing Carbona instead of glue to get high.
1: What is Carbona? It's just a cleaning solvent. Oh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I would have assumed it was like an Italian deli or something. And they were just in there sniffing all the meats. And they were like, no, get out. Get out stuff sniffing on Gabagool. God, why can't... I want to have zero... I want to have one week without
0: Gabagool incident. We are zero weeks without Gabagool. Oh my gosh. They did comply, though, and for a time, Leave Home featured instead the track Sheena is a Punk
1: Rocker. Oh, Mm -hmm.
0: that's probably a good decision. It is. But eventually they did revert back to the original, Mm -hmm. like once everything
1: was re-released. But man, Sheena is a bop. That is a great Ramon song. It's not a bop. She is a punk rocker. Get it right, Maggie. Sheena's a punk. (laughs) Bop. Punk's bop?
0: It's not like kids' Bot, but you take songs and turn them into punk songs instead? (laughs) Sure. All right. And this is the time where a lot of the New York City punk scene was beginning to get themselves record contracts. And punk fans were believing,
1: like, yeah, our time is coming. It's on the horizon. When they were catching up to the Ramones and then unceremoniously kicked them to the back of the line. Did I ruin your notes? Did I ruin it?
0: No. (laughs) Okay. Kind of, but No. I mean, just, like, in general with punk. Like, everyone's like, punk's gonna be a new thing. Punk's gonna be top in the airwaves. Punk's gonna be everywhere. Like, get the fuck out of here, disco. Get the fuck out of here, Led Zeppelin. Like, it's gonna be punk. Fleetwood Mac, go fuck yourself. It's gonna be punk. The Eagles, Don Henley, (laughs) punk. The Ramones struck while inspiration and motivation were hot and created their third album, Rocket to Russia. This time around, they spent more time and more money compiling their album. And it contains classic Ramon songs. This is where Sheena is a punk rocker actually lives. Okay. And it uh, has our favorite, Rockaway Beach. Which has some layers on it now, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, Dee Dee. And it also has great covers like Do You Wanna Dance and Surf and Bird.
1: I cannot deal with Surf and Bird anymore. I love surfing Bird. Can't. I still love Surf and Bird. Come for me. I still love Serpent Bird. I'm sorry. I've seen that episode of Family Guy way too many times. Mm, that's fair. But you know what? If it comes on, I still watch it. Yeah. I mean, you've heard, right? Have I?
0: Have you heard? That the bird is the word. <laughs> oh, well, the bird, bird, bird. But bird. Sorry. I'm not sorry. This became one of their best-selling albums, reaching 49 in the charts. But Whoa. Right? Right? That's pretty good. Wow. But they still felt disappointed by its performance.
1: Which is nothing ever enough for you guys. Right?
0: Because I was like, yo, this is like a hundred spots better than your last one. So why are yeah. you so upset? All God. right.
1: I mean, yeah, I get being hard on yourself, but like, come on. Take a chill. Uh. And here it is.
0: By now we've reached the point in our story where we can have some real talk. And how the sex pistols ruined everything. And they why we can't have nice things. Yes. Here we are. Welcome to I'm the real sorry, talk. Guys,
1: but the Sex Pistols aren't as great as you think they are. They are a manufactured band. They are one hundred percent a manufactured band. They were put together by like a man, their manager. I think. Yeah, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah that guy, Malcolm McCarran, was that his name? I fucking you know, guy. I don't
0: care. I I don't even know if they'll get the rock candy treatment because i think we I would think spend the entire episode just like rolling our eyes and shitting on
1: them. I think some parts of their story deserve to be told and maybe some we'll get th- maybe. to them someday, maybe. but i mean they're not on the short list no. maybe. We'll no. see. Okay. see, this was the year of the Sex Pistols, because let's
0: be honest, was
1: 77,
0: they only had a year (laughs) and it was 77. It was 77. Yeah, that's it. That was their only year. All right. So all you Sex Pistols lovers coming for me. Stop it. And they did make a name for themselves loud and fast. And at this point, you need to understand, like punk wasn't fully branded as punk.
1: Right. Like it was a feeling, but it wasn't.
0: You know, the music, the movement, the genre it like, that it is now. It was
1: a ragtag group of loudmouths that dressed weird and screamed in your face for two minutes at a time. Right. And it just
0: it was actually an insult, like a lot like the Ramones didn't want to be referred to as punks, really. They actually more or less classified themselves kind of like surf rocks, surf rock mixed with pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually they did get tossed in the punk category. Um, And if sometimes they'd be like, but we're not really punk. And I mean, I think that's a fair argument. There are sometimes they're punk and there's sometimes they're not.
1: Isn't it funny how even they were like, no, we are outsiders even with the outsiders. Right. Because they're not like the UK punks. Right. They don't they don't feel like they're part of the community that they're supposed to be in. Exactly. And I'm going to say it. The sex
0: Pistols strike me as more style than substance. Yeah. 100%. They were not that talented. Their songs are not, like, all that magical.
1: And maybe it's just because I feel like they haven't aged well. But I just, like... Sex Pistols are a very good introduction to punk if you're, like, a 12 or 13-year-old that doesn't know anything. Exactly. They are, like... You know, the, the easy listening punk. That it's eases like first you grader the, punk. That eases you into the dead Kennedys. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. I think that's a good way to put it.
0: Uh, their live performances, yes, were a sight to behold. I will. Yep. You know what? I will but fully admit to that. But that's
1: a testament to their style over substance. Exactly. They
0: inspired a great many UK acts, like, I, and again, I will concede, like you wouldn't have Joy Division or The Smiths or so many amazing right. post punk bands if you didn't have the Sex Pistols. And I think the main reason that they are so well known, though, is because they were a fucking shit show and had it on <laughs> display for everyone. Yeah. If Sid didn't kill Nancy, I don't think the Sex Pistols wouldn't have been as big a deal. And if,
1: if even if he, even if they didn't die very soon after they Mm -hmm. all started they would have fizzled out at the same time anyway oh yeah so i think
0: the reason that they get to be so preciously beholden to these punk fans is because they had one i mean they they did the thing right they they didn't they didn't fade away they burnt out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: very quickly Mm-hmm. And I don't know for for me that's just that just doesn't do it for me.
1: And also Johnny Rotten's career after that just shows you how shitty they were because everything he did afterwards was talentless garbage.
0: Yes, and he's
1: not like even now he just does like commercials for butter. Yeah, Johnny fucking Rotten does commercials for butter. Like, Come fuck on, you, guys. dude! Everything you did was for money. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the least exa- punk thing. That is the exact opposite of what you were trying to do back in the 70s. Yeah. It, it, you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. When the Sex Pistols came over to the U.S.,
0: these shows were full of spitting, vomiting, blood scare, and like just blood scarification bullshit. I don't know. It just, it scared away all the conservative squares. And at that point, anything labeled as punk was considered something to be banned. Because we ban everything. Yeah, I'm not saying. Hold on, there is a little bit of blame over here in the U.S. with the media. Let's not forget the media. Oh yes. But honestly, like they were like, huh? Clutching my pearls. They did like a sixty. Look at these
1: crazy savages. I
0: know. Sixty minutes did a whole thing on them, and they're like, punk music's bad because the Sex Pistols. They're
1: going to eat your children and burn your house down.
0: (sighs) I wish. (laughs) maniacs,
1: (laughs) <laughs> <Punk> maniacs, <laughs> if only, if only.
0: But at this point, it was actually said that Sheena, as a punk rocker, was doing pretty well on radio airwaves. Like it was starting, it was. The Ramones were seeing some catch, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, all right." Mm-hmm. And then punk got its bad rap, and it was played less and less oh, and less thanks sex pistols because the thought process is if you play a song by a punk band you'll inevitably have to interview the punk band and if you interview them that they're gonna come in they're gonna swear on air and you're gonna get charged fines and all oh, and then they're
1: gonna burn down calls. your radio station yeah actually
0: i one hundred 100 said that they're gonna trash your studio <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um so it just felt better to avoid them yeah and the ramones would 100 go on to say like we kind of blame the Sex Pistols for being a bunch of douchebags. I also blame the Sex Pistols for being a bunch of douchebags. Seriously. The Ramones justifiably felt that they were getting the raw end of the deal. Because here were these British bands, even the Clash, who I love the Clash, don't get me wrong, but they were making the same music as the Ramones. They were repackaging kind of their music and then slapping their logos on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were making money, getting more attention, and they're like, what the fuck? 'Cause actually if you compare some of the clashes and the Sex Pistol songs to like the Ramones stuff that came before them, it's one hundred percent like based off of what they heard from the Ramones, which is fine. Like I mean, what what is that saying? Um like copying is like the greatest form of like flattery or oh, whatever. Um I can't remember what it is. Someone's probably screaming at us right now.
1: Mimicry is um the best form of flattery. Something like that,
0: yeah. So, I mean, there is a level of like, yes, of course you influenced people, but for the Ramones, it was just a hard pill to swallow because here you are trying to get fucking attention in the US. These guys come over to the US and everybody's like, oh my God, have you heard the clash? And the Ramones are like, yeah, we fucking heard the clash. The fucking clash is us. We've been here the whole time. What the fuck? <laughs> and you know what? I would say this whole calculated mess hurt most of punk. Yeah. You know, a lot of these bands should have gotten more attention because I feel like it seems like whenever we talk about punk bands, none of them got their due until way after. Yeah. Like punk music was very much panned
1: back in the day. I think a lot of punk bands didn't get their due until grunge became a huge thing. And all of a sudden these grunge guys would be doing interviews and people would be like, who are you inspired by? And they would say all of these punk bands and everybody would be like. The
0: Damned, you know, even the Sex Pistols. And they're like, who? And you're like, they're like, I don't know, just fucking pick up like a goddamn CD once in a while, grandpa.
1: Yeah. And I
0: imagine that's what Kurt Cobain talked like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like I, if it honestly, if it weren't for being such a huge Nirvana fan when I was a teenager. I wouldn't know who Daniel Johnston is, or the Melvins, or Sonic Youth, or Bikini Kill, or any of those bands. You know what? Like Green Day would not exist. Green Day would not. What a world that would be. Well, Dookie's fine. <laughs>
0: Dookie's Dookie, Dookie is fine. Yeah, <laughs> Dookie's fine. I think but, they had like, another one in the '90s that was Nimrod was okay too. Uh huh.
1: And then after that, we I, didn't need any more Green no, Day. No, we were good. They could have burned out. I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, all this led to the band deciding the only way they were going to get more notoriety would be to endlessly tour.
1: Because that's always the best idea. Yep. When things are going wrong. Yep. I mean, like, they kind of were already,
0: but now they were going to go hard. And this really was where the band was starting to see cracks in the foundation. Here's where they kind of went from lovable scamps to, oh, you guys are... You guys are kind of a mess now, aren't you? You guys are just scattering. It was almost unspokenly decided that Tommy and Johnny were the spokesmen for the band. Tommy was very business savvy, easy to approach, easy to talk to. His crop tops were just on Oh my God, on fire. He had great crop tops. Of course I'm going to talk to the and guy if, at the crop top. If
1: I see a, a row of weirdos that I have to pick one to talk to, I'm going to go for the one in the crop top. All right, lesson learned, kids. Be the crop top wearer. Yeah. Just
0: be the crop top. (laughs) In a sea of weirdos, be Be the the one wearing the crop top. (laughs) Please. (laughs) And look, Johnny wasn't quite as approachable, obviously. Uh But he was still the dad of the band ruling with an iron fist in a way. The crotchety old man. He really was. Johnny would kind of make a lot of the decisions, run by Tommy, and then together they would tell Dee Dee and Joey. Mm-hmm. And at first, Joey seemed content to just, he's just happy to be there. <laughs> he was a shy guy who found purpose in being the lead singer of this band, so he was good, you know? Like, all right, whatever, I'm here, we do what we gotta do, it's fine. Tell me what to do, I do it. Yeah. But, as they continued, Joey wanted to have more of a voice offstage, too. And Tommy usually just told him what to say since he was kind of in charge of the media. But that was soon going to change. Oh. Tommy was really feeling the wear and tear of the road. Mm-hmm. Even though Johnny is the dad of the band, I feel like Tommy was mo- the most
1: adult of his, the band. His crop tops were wearing thin. They were. <laughs> Cuff crop tops were just getting shorter and shorter. It's like, soon enough, my nips are going to be out. I got oh, to do gotta something. Do so- <laughs> you don't want your nips up, Tommy. Fights
0: were constantly erupting within the band members, and Johnny's control was just getting tighter and tighter. And Tommy just felt like he was losing his damn mind. Yeah. He decided the best decision here would be to step down as their drummer, but stay on as their producer. Okay. He told his bandmates... Who all asked him not to go. They were like, we're going to make it work. But Tommy knew it wasn't going to work. And the fact that he was going to stay on as producer, I think, calmed everybody down a little bit. They're like, all right, we still got him around. But what was funny is that when I watched the documentary, both Dee Dee and Johnny were like, we didn't need Tommy as a drummer. We could have anybody drum. But you all begged him to stay. Right. Don't fucking lie to me.
1: Don't act like you're bigger than this. You're
0: not. You can be upset. It's okay. Yeah. So all this meant that they had to go out and go to work at finding a new drummer.
1: There was some I thought up- you were going to say they had to go out and find new jobs. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? All right, and the Ramones are over. Guys, that was the story of the I lied. It's not a three-parter. Now, now they all work at Price Chopper. <laughs> what? There's no Price Chopper in Queens. I don't know. Maybe they moved upstate. Excuse me, Market 32. Shop right. Shoprite, there are Shoprites downstate. Okay, exactly. they 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 work at Shoprite. They all
0: work at Shoprite. I like this
1: this mythical part. <laughs> Tommy
0: left. They all got jobs at Shoprite. End, End of a story. story. <laughs> oh no, honey. There's there's some fun stuff ahead. Okay, so they went to go find an, you know a new drummer. There were some auditions, but no one really stood out. And eventually, they discovered who they wanted. Drummer of the band, Richie Helen the Voidoids, Mark Bell, who soon we would know him as Marky Ramone. Oh. Mm-hmm. Unlike the four OG Ramones, Marky was of Brooklyn ilk. He grew up with very liberal-minded parents and cites Ringo as one of his first drummers that would inspire him to bang on those cans. Oh. Because Ringo's the best. Fight me. <laughs> He did say, though, it was ultimately Mitch Mitchell of the Jimi Hendrix experience that like he truly idolized and tried to like emulate. Yeah. But, okay. you know, go Ringo. Marky made a name for himself in the local scene playing with bands like Dust and then with Wayne Country and the Backstreet Boys. Sorry? Yes. <laughs> excuse me? So Wayne Country... Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Wayne County and the Backstreet Boys. Now, Wayne County is now known as Jane County, um, I believe... She has gone full trans, but I'm not 100% sure. Please feel free to correct me on that. Uh, But Wayne County was a drag show at Max's Kansas City. Oh, okay. Basically, like, she would go on stage, like, in drag, and then the Backstreet Boys were her backup band. So it's hilarious that it's called
1: the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this makes sense for why you're asking me if I knew what Wayne or Jane Jane slash Jane County was, and I was like, you mean the county in New York State? <laughs> nope, I'm at I've the Because I've heard person. of that. <laughs> or is this a person? <laughs> no, this, uh,
0: Jane County is definitely someone I want to look into more. She sounds fascinating. Yeah. So when the Ramones approached him at CBGB's to play for them, it really wasn't hard for him to slip away from the voidoids because, like, Richard Hell, again, was a dick.
1: It's a very appropriate last name that he Dick took Hell. On. Yeah, Dick Hell. Yeah, Dick Hell. It's it's beyond appropriate.
0: Thanks to Tommy, Marky's entrance into the band was almost seamless. When they rehearsed, Tommy would sit behind Marky and play along so he could quickly beat pick up like the beats and rhythms. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take long because, as even Tommy admitted, Marky was just a more talented drummer. Oh, but Marky always says, you know, thank you, Tommy, for like. Putting up with me and teaching me and showing me the ropes and just making me
1: feel so welcome. And I'm like, mm, that's sweet. just a sweet little story. Aww. Love it. This, is, this just reminds me of like Ghost, the pottery scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my just, God. This is what I'm picturing. Oh <laughs> that's what drums sound like. And they just kick over the pottery wheel, start drumming. <laughs> <laughs> Just like pull out a fucking <laughs> bass drum. Get off me, Swayze! <laughs> I'm
0: drumming. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to have sex. No. Nope. No, I'm drumming. Soon after they began work on their fourth album, Road to Ruin, it ended up receiving mixed reviews from critics as they tried a few different things in an attempt for more airplay, like guitar solos and a couple ballads. Some felt they were losing the things that made them unique in trying to get the attention. They didn't break the Billboard 100 this time, only getting to 103. And at this point, it was only getting more difficult for them to reach the heights of fame that they were aiming for. And that was really hard for them, considering how many bands they were playing with a few years ago that were making it big. Think about Mm -hmm. it. We're at the late 70s. Blondie, Talking Mm -hmm. Heads, all of these bands are coming out of CBGBs and like, hey, we have these huge record deals. Meanwhile, the Ramones are sitting here. What what are we just
1: sitting here with a fucking thumbs up our ass? Like, we're trying here. I'm just picturing them, like, on a corner sidewalk, just, like, throwing up their hands. Like, what are we doing? The fuck's wrong? How come? I don't get it.
0: (laughs) What? Huh? I don't (laughs) get uh, it. Why? Why not us, though? When's it our turn? Why not me? When's it the Ramones' turn? (laughs) But this album did contain the essential Ramones track. Oh. I wanna be sedated. Mm
1: -hmm. Which has a pretty interesting origin story. Okay. I feel like I've heard this origin story before, like a long, like 20 years ago. Oh, maybe. And then promptly compartmentalized it and put it in the far back reaches of my brain. And then drank it away. And drank it and sloshed it around a bit. And now I'm like... I vaguely remember hearing something when I was 16, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, you can tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay.
0: The chorus itself, Nothing to Do, Nowhere to Go, not as interesting. It's just when they were in London at Christmas time, they were all really, really bored since everything was shut down. So mm-hmm. Joey was like, Nothing to do, Nowhere to go. And then, like, that's all he had for a while. But he finished writing it while in the hospital that following
1: November. For what of his many ailments was this? He in was there? not an ailment. Oh, this boy. was an
0: incident. Oh, yes. See, before a gig in New Jersey, Joey went to go steam his throat using a makeshift humidifier system that he made. Steam his throat? But yeah, a lot of uh, singers will do that. <gasps> I know it just sounds so silly. Yeah, I mean now we have like hum- now you just fill rooms with humidifiers for singers, right? But they didn't have that back then. Yeah. Basically, he had this teapot on a hot plate, and when it was warm enough, he would crouch over it with a towel towel. draped
1: over his head, and he would just inhale Uh all the steam. That's how you're supposed to get rid of a cold and a sore throat. You boil like milk and onions or something, and then put your face in it. What? And cover your head in a towel yeah no I don't know where that came from but like that's what my grandmother would tell me well, And I'm she like no nope, wrong I'm not gonna do that Nope. I mean I
0: thought if you said like water and honey or like oh, even no. green tea
1: milk and onions no old old remedies for colds and sickness are always fucking disgusting yeah. always disgusting that can straight go fuck itself yeah I will just be sick thank you <laughs> Well, the teapot
0: was accidentally filled up too much. Oh
1: no. And all the
0: pressure caused it to boil up oh, into no. Johnny's face or excuse me, Joey's face and throat. Oh no. Yeah, it caused second and third degree <gasps> burns. Uh, yeah. They rushed him to the hospital and treated him for his injuries, but he insisted going back to the venue to play the gig.
1: What? Yeah. Joey. Yeah. No.
0: But that's not what you do. But, but it's what he did. <sighs> So the Ramones went on, Joey singing on stage. His face was covered in a salve for his burns that was melting off because the lights were so hot. Oh my so God, hot. he
1: was so the sweet. hound for one night. <laughs> he was the hound.
0: One night only, the hound <laughs> and the Ramones. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, then after that, he went to uh, the hospital. And got treated and stayed there for a little bit and got treated pr- appropriately. The song should
1: have been "I Want to Be Treated." <laughs> I want to be treated. But you know what, though, if that ain't fucking street cred, I don't know what is.
0: Like, yeah, I,
1: I thought you were gonna tell me that they got into like some some like barroom brawl or something, but no, he was trying to make his throat feel better before the show. He <laughs> before was doing- the show with a teapot. He was doing He's proper vocal soul. warm-ups was, before a show. He was doing the proper and responsible thing for a singer to do. Yes. And he got third fucking degree burns on his face.
0: But, I mean. <laughs> Poor Joey. I know. Yeah, like, honestly, Joey Ramone, just like this little baby, tall baby boy that I just want to, like. Tall, weird baby boy. I just want to carry
1: him around and <laughs> be like, sweet little muffin. In a little backpack. Oh, little Joey Ramone Backpack. That's what I want. Oh, so did he heal okay? Yes,
0: he ended up healing just fine. Okay, But they did have to take a little time off because he needed to recover. Yeah. That was a crazy incident. Also, I'd like to toss it out there that if you've listened to our Bad Brains episode, then you would know that this is the album with the eponymous song that they got their name from. That Bad Brains got their name from. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, Bad Brain is on this and that's where Bad Brains got their name. Yeah, punk rock. Despite the lack of success that they were seeing with their albums, they still had their fans and they still had a following that couldn't be ignored. Mm -hmm. And this included getting the attention of Alan Arkush, who was set to direct an upcoming film that would eventually become Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll High School. (laughs) Roger Corman, seen by many as the Pope of pop cinema, was looking to produce a modern teen film. He's worked on a slew of B movies like Death Race
1: 2000, The Fall. Death of- Race 2000. Oh, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, because it's a dumb B movie. I saw that in the theater right after I watched Bangkok Dangerous featuring Nick Cage. That sounds amazing. It was horrific, yeah, but also great. Exactly. But also horrific. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it was That was a double feature to end all double features. Oh, my God. I've actually never seen Death Race two thousand. Don't. Oh, <laughs> it's not good. However, it is one of the few movies I have seen where Sean Bean dies. So interesting. Anyway, so
0: Roger <laughs> Corman's done a bunch of B movies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Initially, he wanted a film, the film to be called Heavy Metal Kids, and be centered around Todd Rudgren. Because
1: that's one of his songs, Heavy Metal Kids. How does Todd Rundgren like weasel his way into into everything, into everybody's story? Like, calm down, Todd. Like, (laughs) sit down, Todd. (laughs) Let everyone else just have the story for a minute, okay, guys? I'm Todd
0: Rundgren. like,
1: yeah, we know. Get it. Sit down, okay. Fortunately,
0: there were scheduling conflicts, so he was like, well, let's call it Disco High and have it centered around that musical craze. Oh, no. I was like, no. Finally, it was decided to be called Rock and Roll High School, and it was between the Ramones and Cheap Trick. Wow. Yep. Okay.
1: The hard decision. Yeah. Um. Clearly, I mean, the former one out. I mean don't get me wrong cheap trick is great Yeah, but time and a place and rock and roll high school ain't it Mm -mm. but this
0: movie is some fun goofy times I've never seen it but I watched a couple clips and it's just it's just a fun little B movie good time film which is good because the Ramones not really known for their acting skills (laughs) Dee Dee ended up with only one line which was in the whole movie yeah and it was, "Hey pizza, it's great. Let's dig in." Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I want to know how many time how many takes they had to do before he got it right.
0: I think it was at least like 15. Oh my god. I'm I'm not kidding. It was definitely several takes for him to get it. And I don't even know if that was the proper Wait, take.
1: what was it? Eight. "Hey pizza, it's great. Let's dig in." <laughs> That's going to be my go-to for, like, everything that's okay hey, Pizza, it's great. Let's dig in. <laughs> oh, it's so
0: good. Oh. And as everything else in the Ramones career to this point, the movie was critically well-received, but didn't do anything
1: commercially. Uh, even with Dee Dee's foray into acting, <laughs> it was still critically. Dee Dee and Pizza, how can you, like, say no to that? Let's dig in.
0: <laughs> that could be because the film was not well promoted, but I, I, it has yeah. gone on to be a favorite among cult movie fans. Right, so it's still near and dear to many's hearts.
1: I need, I need to see this. Yeah, we really should watch this, and we have to waterfall when he says his pizza line. <laughs> pizza, it's great. Let's dig in. in.
0: <sighs> At this point, I want you to buckle up. Because all paths have led the Ramones to this moment. One of the most legendary stories in rock and roll history. I'm talking about when they worked with Phil Spector. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. Why? Why? This guy was such a banana cakes nut job. Was this before or after he murdered somebody? Way before. Okay. Yeah.
0: This was... He was just such a, a crazy mofo. He's but
1: a fucking crackpot. Even
0: Mean Streets' Johnny Ramone didn't stand a chance. <laughs> like, he finally met his match. <laughs> For those who don't know, Phil Spector is a very infamous producer. Just a taste of his work includes the Ronettes' Be My Baby. Be my baby. And he was be my, married, married to, my baby. Um, um, what's her name? Oh, my God. I want to Ronnie. Say Ronnie Ronette.
1: Ronnie Ronette? Yeah. Ronnie Spector. <laughs> Ronnie Spector. I forgot her like made name. Ronnie
0: Ronette. <laughs> um, he also worked on the Beatles album Let It Be. He worked on the Righteous Brothers You've Lost That Love and Feeling. He developed the wall of sound in the 60s. This yes. guy is the wall of sound.
1: And we're not talking Grateful Dead wall of sound. We're talking about the The OG
0: actual, actual yes. wall of sound. Yes. He also murdered actress model Lana Clarkson. He sure did. Yup. So that was, you know. Also among his notable achievements, (laughs) I'd like to let everyone know that I put an eye roll in here so you know I'm being sarcastic. He's a piece of garbage.
1: Also, you should um, just Google um, Phil Spector in court and look at the images. Oh. Because, uh, have you seen him? Do you know what he looks like? He is an eccentric. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's quite the specimen. Yeah. Yeah. Just buckle up. How did this team up even happen?
0: Well, it was a long time brewing, that's for sure. Years ago, Phil became a fan of the Ramones, especially Joey. He thought that kid had an oppressive voice and he wanted to work with them. Okay. Joey was actually a fan of Phil's too. Actually, I mean, they all were. You know, they grew up with his 60s work. And so... You know he was pretty flattered to be looked at so fondly on the yeah, guy that I mean, he really admired. I mean, that- Phil Phil was a big name, big fucking name. Yeah. You wouldn't like, oh a big my god, deal. he's worked with a lot, and he's been a big fucking deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Phil approached them about working together a few years earlier, but they declined at the time. When the soundtrack for Rock and Roll High School was being produced, Phil was the one to work on it. And he actually made his own mix of the Ramones songs that were on the album, and they came out really nice. And this made it, this was his in to ask the boys So, uh, you want to make a good album by yourselves or a great album with me? Uh-huh. Quote. <laughs> he actually asked them that.
1: That's and his pickup line. That was his
0: pickup line. And quite frankly, who were they to say no at this point? Sire Records was getting fed up with them not being able to be that top selling band that they've been aiming for. So at this point, they figured what the hell, Mm -hmm. what the dick hell, (laughs) and hell it was. Oh, God. (laughs) By this point, Phil just really wasn't the producer he was before. And like I said, he really turned into quite the eccentric.
1: Yeah, he was probably fairly deep in his eccentricities at this point.
0: Now, I didn't do a super deep dive in on him, but I am wondering if this could have contributed to it at the beginning of the decade. He had been in a very traumatic car accident. He was thrown Uh, through his windshield car, like Mm -hmm. the windshield of his car. He barely fucking made it. Yeah. He had like 400, 700, like he had a fuck ton of stitches in his head. Which which makes Some attribute to why he started wearing wigs all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like the wigs he chose were just. Not
0: great. Why? I mean. Again, I
1: have questions. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, How?
0: He's kind of turned into this weirdo, and he had stopped producing for a while, but he came back. He worked with Lou Reed on his critically panned Death of a Ladies' Man record. Um, that tells you something. Uh, yeah. And between the Co- Cohen and the Ramones, it was talked about that Phil is no cakewalk to work with. The Ramones had their own way of working, right? Especially J- Johnny. Mhm. Don't waste time. You get in, you get it done, you get out. You save yourself time, you save yourself money.
1: And honestly, these songs are not rocket science. So, right. yeah. Like they're just they're they're going with how they feel. Right. However,
0: Phil does not abide by this policy. In fact, he does the complete opposite. Yeah. He would make everyone repeat songs, notes, Whatever until he felt like it sounded right, even control freak Johnny had to strum the opening chord to rock and roll high school over and over and over for hours. Just I over and over. I would lose my fucking mind when Phil would go back and listen. He would just erupt into the stream of curses, shit, piss, fuck, shit, piss, fuck, and he would stomp around the room screaming. And demand that Johnny do it again. Do you think maybe the car accident knocked his head a little bit? Oh, I most assuredly. Hmm. Hmm. Finally, Johnny hit his ultimate breaking point. He said he just wasn't going to do it anymore and he went to leave. Then he saw Phil pull a gun on him. What? Yup. And told him he wasn't going anywhere. And Johnny asked, what are you going to do, Phil? Shoot me?
1: You going to shoot me, Phil? Oh, my God. But he would have. He didn't. And Johnny and Johnny did leave. He's lucky because it could have been Johnny. Well,
0: it was probably easier for Johnny to do this because this wasn't the first time Phil pulled a gun on the Ramones. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There are varying stories, but it seems that when they first went to work with Phil, he invited them over to his mansion for like, you know, a little getting to know you sesh and hang out. And a little vibing. getting to
1: know you gunplay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. Little scaring the shit out of you. Just, you know, palling around. Okay, I want you to know I'm in fucking (laughs) charge. One story says that he made them listen to him sit at his piano and sing, Baby, I Love You over and over again until 4 a.m. Oh, my God. And then another says that he made them stay late to watch a movie called Magic starring Anthony Hopkins. What? I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, this is an early 70s movie, I think. But Didi and Johnny agree, though. That at times when they attempted to leave, Phil pulled a gun on them and said, do you really want to go right now? And they all were like, no, we'll stay.
1: It's cool. It's cool. Phil, this isn't how you make friends. I don't think Phil had friends. Yeah. Maybe because he keeps pulling guns on them. Everyone
0: said by this point he was constantly carrying guns with him. Like he had an affinity for
1: guns. And he always had
0: people like bodyguards around him.
1: Yeah. So did the Ramones get to, like, testify at his trial? Because I feel like this is extremely relevant to a murder trial. A lot of them were dead by then. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah.
0: Marky, however, said that they were never held hostage. Yes, there were guns everywhere. Phil is a big gun guy. But they could have left whenever they wanted. But, like... He also did claim that the place was super sketchy with signs that said no trespassing, do not enter, beware of dogs. It was all over the place. And the fact that they were homemade gave it a more unsettling feel. Marky was just in the bathroom when it happened. Probably. (laughs) Actually, I will say Johnny did comment once after the whole thing with Phil Spector murdering Lana went down. Uh Uh-huh. He said,
1: I'm surprised he didn't shoot someone every year. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys actually stayed until he released you. She probably didn't. Ugh, I mean, I don't know that story. Yeah. Oof.
0: Yeah. He was just crazy. Phil Spector. He, I guess he was always drinking Manischewitz wine.
1: Manischewitz? It's a <laughs> Jewish
0: wine. Manischewitz. Yeah. It's the stupid, sweet Jewish wine. Oh,
1: no. Oh, it's like
0: grape juice. It's Ooh. disgusting. Oh, no, well, thank you. Yeah, no. And just constantly carrying guns around him and pulling them on
1: people. I'm just picturing him in the, his stupid Afro wig. yeah, <laughs> Yes. Drinking like grape oh juice wine. out. And he's got, like, of, and a and he's grape got purple. Stain.
0: <laughs> and he's just putting his guns up like pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. Don't fucking
1: leave. Pew pew also pew. Also wearing a cape. Yes. He liked to wear capes. Yeah. But like with a bathrobe under it. Oh my
0: God. Phil Spector.
1: Welcome to Phil Spector. <laughs> and rock candy where we
0: cannot understand <laughs> phil specter in the end the ramones were very unhappy with the resulting album end of the century even though joey felt he learned a lot to improve his singing he felt his creative con- contributions were lacking he claimed those were the worst lyrics he ever wrote he we're just a- didn't feel like he had his outlet that he normally
1: had more like end of my career, right? Oh! Pew pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh, Good night, kids.
0: <laughs> Johnny, Dee Dee, and Marky all wondered how much they even contributed musically. There would be fifteen hour sessions where they wouldn't record a single note. Yeah. They only know for sure that on Baby I Love You, the only Ramon featured is Joey because it's all orchestral. Uh-huh. So they're not on it at all. It's orchestral. Yeah. It's a cute. And you know what? It's I got to give them this. It's like, a sweet song. Yeah. But also like it's a Phil. It's their cover on that. Every yeah. Ramones album has a cover. That's their cover on that album. And yeah, it's Phil Spector original. And yeah. Joey was all about it. And I think it was hard for the band members too to watch because they were sitting there like Phil clearly just wants to work with Joey. Yeah. And I think even after all, Joey's like. Phil just wants to work with me, and I don't feel comfortable with this. Why
1: are you so obsessed with me? Pretty about Yo, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) He was real Regina George about it. He really was.
0: But Didi did get to perform his song, Chinese Rocks, on this album. I told you it would come back. I'm sure Phil loved it. I mean, I don't know why, but it got on the album. So while there are definitely parts that the band is likely wiped out, there are some shining moments that come through as classic Ramones. I mean, the results speak for themselves. Critics were mixed. Some thought it was an obvious ploy to get mainstream play and expand their fan base. Others thought it was vibrant and powerful. And commercially, this is the highest charting album the Ramones would ever release. Really? Reaching 44 on the Billboard charts. Wow. Yeah. It would also be their most expensive album, coming in at $200,000. That's it? Mind you, their last album was only ten thousand dollars. Oh wow. So this is some sticker shock. The
1: the difference here is Phil Spector's salary, I'm sure. And like just his insanity and orchestras yeah. and and shit fuck piss. Yeah. And guns. It's probably a lot of that went to his gun collection. Let's be <laughs> it's honest. It's all guns. So this whole time is Dee Dee just like a functioning heroin addict? Yes. How? So. How can you be a functioning heroin addict? I don't don't understand how it
0: works. But when they are on the road, he really wasn't using heroin.
1: How? Because
0: Johnny scared the shit out of him. (laughs) He, I mean, he probably was, he was still using at night, I'm sure. But if if he had to get ready for a show, he would not use because Johnny would know and beat the shit out of him.
1: So Johnny was, was like,
0: actually abusive. Johnny would actually punch the, the band members. There are stories that he would even abuse some of his girlfriends, but I don't know. I don't know how true those are. Yeah. Um. I think like there's a, a couple stories, maybe in Marky Ramone's book, about um hearing him like push his girlfriends around in their hotel rooms cool. and stuff. Cool, Johnny. Cool. Yeah. Like Johnny is an angry, abusive guy, and I think. I mean, think about it. Pretty much all the guys have weird dad issues. Yeah. So And his
1: dad was abusive too, wasn't he? His dad was abusive. Didi's dad
0: was abusive. Joey's dad is abusive. So cool. Johnny can control them with abuse because right. they've all been because in abusive yeah. families.
1: Yeah. It, He's just the one that can control people with abuse, but other the other ones are can be controlled with abuse. Yes. So perfect relationship on that level. I guess there I don't like
0: the abuse aspect but there is a part like I said last time that I feel like Johnny did kind of have to be that guy too not abusive but just like stern yeah because you know Joey was an OCD mess Dee Dee was a drug addicted mess Johnny kept them in line
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Marky will soon become a mess you will see so for the time that it worked, it worked, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm not justifying it by any means.
1: But every abusive relationship works until it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at Tommy. Tommy didn't even get, like, I don't even think he got, like, physically abused, but I think he was just over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dichotomy so that, for sure. So that probably means that Dee Dee was just, when they were on tour, which was all the time, he was just constantly going from... Heroin high to withdrawal to high to withdrawal to high to Probably. withdrawal. Yeah. Which is a horrible way to live. Yeah. I mean, if you see Dee Dee in um,
0: End of the Century, the documentary, like, and which I should know, you can get on Vimeo for free. Huh. And it's a it's really good documentary. I highly suggest it to everybody if you're more interested in more Ramones. Mm-hmm. Um, He looks pretty rough. I can
1: imagine. <laughs> like he's, there
0: only, he's only in his 50s and like he doesn't
1: look I mean he's fine
0: but But also he's not
1: (laughs) does he have that like Iggy Pop Anthony Kiedis kind of like I have been through the muckiest heroin muck and have been waiting in it for decades and maybe have come out of it yep yeah okay yeah 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 I'm I am leather now (laughs)
0: yes he was definitely leather in these interviews well, the boys have come back into the top 100, but it definitely came at a cost of a real mental drain, which arguably they really didn't need on top of all the tension that was bubbling under the surface right, for years and years. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we were just saying, it works until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The seams were beginning to tear and things were beginning to fall apart, just at more of a rapid rate as we keep going. But that... We'll have to wait for our next episode when we conclude the story of the
1: Ramones. Oh, yay. No, 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 not yay.
0: I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's fascinating.
1: More like a meh? Not a meh, like a huh? (laughs) Yeah, that's a meh huh. Like a why? Like a how? I still have a lot of questions that have not been answered. (laughs) I mean,
0: I guess if you guys have questions that have been (laughs) answered, let me know now because like... I mean, you got a week to get, not even, you got like less than a week to get them in, guys. Yeah, I'll i will find your answers for you. Maybe that can be an AMA someday. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that'll be fun. But thank you guys for listening to the second installment of my Ramon story. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And if you're digging what we got going on, maybe you should check out our network that we're on, the Pantheon Podcast Network, home to... A lot of music <laughs> podcasts. I was trying to think of a good word. And I'm out. Nope. I'm tapped.
1: A lot of it's music lot. podcasts. Also, it's a lot.
0: So go ahead and check them out. Check out our friends. Uh, Make it stop. They're on the podcast network. They're fun times. Muses. Mm-hmm. A lot of good. A lot of good folk hanging out there. So good
1: check stuff, it good times. out.
0: And then you can also just follow us on social medias. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look up Rock Candy Podcast or Rock Candy Pod on Twitter because they didn't let us have the full cast. <laughs> and, you know, hit us up. I mean, again, if if there are Ramones questions you all got that you need answered, I'll do it.
1: I will find that answer for you. I will find that answer, goddammit. Also, you can support your favorite podcast, which is us. <laughs> it's us! <laughs> on, on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast.com. And give us your monies, and you can get some sweet shit in return. Swag, swag, swag. And speaking of sweet shit... Yeah! We now have merch! Guys, we got merch! So if you don't want to give us your money every month and just once... You can buy some cool shit. Yeah, we have men's t-shirts. We got a couple women's t-shirts. We got some leggings. Mm. Um, what else do we have? We have a mask that's pretty sweet and uh, hoodie. and a hoodie. Mm. And we're going to get more stuff on there right now. We're just going to roll it out a little bit at a time. Testing the waters. Yeah, we're just seeing who wants what. Yeah. And uh, we'll end up putting some more cool shit on sure. there. Sure. Let us know uh, if you guys buy stuff, yeah. if you like it. and But we have links to that in our social medias. And you can also just go to com, And I think just search for Rock Candy Podcast. Yeah.
0: And I'll also post the link in the notes show yes. notes, too. So you yes, guys can yes. hopefully easily find it. Mm. 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 So exciting. Yeah. So that'll do it for this week's episode. But come in next week for uh, the conclusion, the conclusion of, of The Ramones. The Ramones. Which Buckle up,
1: guys. It's a ride. Ramones have been a ride. It just gets scarier. We're just going deeper and deeper into the haunted house of the Ramones story. Yeah, I suppose. We are we already arrived at Phil Spector's haunted house. Oh my of god. craziness. So. Let's get the fuck out of Spill <laughs> Spill <Spilfactor's> house. <laughs> Spill Spector's house. That's, that's how <laughs> I feel.
0: That's how I feel about it.
1: Cuz it's just Bizarro Phil Spector now. It's Bill well, that sounds like he'd probably be a normal human. <laughs> so. That's the Bizarro Phil Spector. <laughs> is <bizarre>. a normal human <laughs> <laughs> who didn't kill anyone and doesn't love guns. And has normal hair. <laughs>
0: That's that's normal skill <laughs> <Yeah>. factor. <laughs> anyway. Wow. All right. Let's go. <sighs> we'll see you kids next week. And until then, party on, Ashley.
1: Party on, Maggie.
0: <laughs> and party on, you crazy kids out there.
1: Hey, it's pizza. Dig well, in. Hey, right, let's dig in. We got pizza. <laughs> But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.